0: Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. That is a quote by Leonardo da Vinci. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from trinamartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello. Welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. And this is episode 89. If COVID-19 has shown you that you need to get better with communicating remotely, then I want to help you. My clients are small and medium-sized businesses who have clients, customers, and even employees in multiple locations, and they need to stay connected with them. I help my clients use technology to communicate more effectively, more efficiently, and elevate their operations. If that's you, then reach out to me at Trinamartin.com. The topic of this week's episode is sustaining success with simplicity. My guest this week is... Brian Winch. Brian is the creator and author of Clean Lots, America's simplest business. Brian has been involved in all aspects of the parking lot litter cleaning business since 1981. He can show you how to start and operate a business based from home and make money from a simple green service that's almost as easy as going for a walk. Hi, Brian. Welcome to Trina Talk.
1: Hi, Trina. It's great to be here.
0: It's great to speak with you. I am looking over your bio, and you are an entrepreneur, to say the least. Um, And you have a much-needed business, um, but it's different than what I think anybody would think of um, creating and doing. So before we delve into those questions, tell me who Brian is and what made you the Brian that you are today?
1: Well, I am um, just recently turned 60 years of age and um, I started my own business when I was 21, just uh, a couple of months after my uh, father passed away from an early unexpected heart attack. And, um, I think that had quite the influence on me. Um, uh, I wanted to take what he had done as a side hustle, which was cleaning up litter from a nearby shopping center and, uh, you know, making extra money doing that as a, as a, as a moonlighting, actually it wasn't called a side gig or side hustle back then. And, um, um, I thought, you know what, I, I bet you, I could turn this into a full-time business. And, uh, so I, I, I started it as a side gig and within uh, three or four months after doing that and also working my full-time job, um, I was making more money doing that uh, than I was from my full-time employment. And so I left my job and uh, devoted my efforts full-time to the business. And I've been doing that ever since, since 1981, continuing to scale the business and, and becoming very successful at it.
0: Wow. So you've had your business since 1981.
1: Since 1981, the very same service. And what I discovered about myself was that um, you know you have to be passionate for what you do. You can't just do something because you believe it's gonna bring you a lot of money. Don't don't chase the dollars. Um, you have to at least like what you do. And if you're passionate or, or sorry, passionate and patient. I think those are the three qualities that uh, have been responsible for a, a great deal of my success, uh, and uh, I would encourage anyone out there that is looking, you know, at a an opportunity, whether it be a side gig or a full time business, that, that, you know, to take a look at what skill sets you have and um, you know what you would really like to do, as opposed to getting involved in something you think you would because you know uh, you know the paycheck or the, the dollar signs are large.
0: Wow. So going back, thinking about what you're saying, so you had a job, a full-time job before you started in the cleaning um, services. What what was your job and, and what made you just decide? I know you said your, your father passed and you decided to take on his, his side hustle, but what made you think that, okay, I can actually scale this and have a profitable business doing what I'm doing?
1: Well, I was working as a, a full-time um, shipper receiver for a large sporting goods company. And although I didn't mind the job, um, I, I just couldn't see myself doing that the rest of my life. I, you know, there, I didn't see much of the opportunity for advancement because, you know, I didn't have much of an education. I barely graduated high school and I didn't have a lot of money. I was only 21 uh, and not a lot of skills that I had developed. So um, I started looking at you know, what could I do, and, and that's when I decided, you know what, why not you know, take my dad's idea, uh, or what he was actually doing at the time uh, uh, on a part-time basis, and see if I could scale it. And the original intention wasn't to build it into some um, multi-million dollar empire, but rather it was an opportunity... Uh, to work for myself um, you, know, you know I'm a very independent person I, I like to call my own shots and and uh, work for myself work my own hours etc and uh, that, that's that's what I did that was the intention and and uh, you know it, it didn't take very long it, it a matter of a couple of years where um, I had built it as big as I could as a simple one-man operation and I didn't want to turn down, the requests for for my services for my existing customers so uh, I had to scale it a bit larger and uh, my brothers became involved in the business and uh, we continued to grow and a few years later um, you know uh, the success uh, bred more success and uh, again we didn't want to be uh, in the position of having to turn our customers down um, you know for request for more you know for us to service more of their property so we started bringing in people um, that indicated to us that they'd love to do this on a part-time basis um, whether it be just on weekends or a couple of hours before their regular jobs in the morning and you know we found a way to accommodate uh, uh, them and uh, we continued to scale the business up to the point where we're typically doing over six hundred thousand dollars a year and we service about 150 properties give or take because it is contract uh, work uh, so you know Contracts are won or lost. It's uh, it's part of the business, but um, you know we're you know we're very happy uh, with where we are, and um, and uh, it's been, it's provided a very good life uh, lifestyle for all of us.
0: Wow, where are you located?
1: Uh, I'm located in Canada, uh, this okay. city of Calgary. We're about 1.3 million uh, in population, and right close to the Rocky Mountains, so uh, we get uh, great skiing in the winter.
0: Wow. So, and I'm just, I'm I'm impressed with you having a business to sustain all these years since 1981. I'm pretty sure you can teach people a lot of things (laughs) about running a business. Um, You know, and in 1981, that was before the internet and social media and things like that. Tell me how you did it then and how your business has evolved to the current day and time. And if, has it changed your business at all? Um, Yeah. Tell me what that, what that looks like. How, how did you do it?
1: Well, (laughs) you know, for, for for those of us uh, or for those people that weren't around back then, um, of course, like you say, the internet wasn't around, but uh, the internet of the day, if you will, would be the, uh, the big thick yellow Mm -hmm. phone, yellow pages, the telephone (laughs) directory. And it was pretty easy to find any type of business. Uh, You know, you just uh, looked it up under A or B or C or whatever. In my case, my prospects uh, and my customers are property management companies. So it was pretty easy to find them back then. And, uh, you know, I just looked under property management companies or real estate development companies, real estate management, variations of the same type of uh, um, service. And started... um, cold calling them um, or contacting them. And uh, I had to learn pretty quick, you know, what worked and what didn't. And uh, uh, eventually I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm not really selling anyone. Um, uh, well, you know, I'm not picking up the phone and, and asking anyone to buy something from me. I I refined my elevator pitch. And basically, uh, I the point of my initial phone call or warm calling, as I, as I later uh, coined it, was that I just simply want to phone the person up, uh, introduce myself and find out who the decision maker is and then ask them, um, you know, for that for their contact information. And then I was simply going to pass on um, information about how my service can benefit them. You know, in other words, give them cleaner properties, less money. And of course, you know, people in this industry or property management um, companies, they're always interested in getting a better service for less money. So, if, you know, um, quite often they're interested in getting more information and, and I forward that to them. And then, you know, then, then the patience and the persistence uh, follows. Uh, you need to give them some time to, to get back to you and, and know when to follow up and, and be persistent. And eventually, uh, in a good number of cases, you will be rewarded for that with contracts.
0: Wow. Yeah. And let's talk about that because I remember the day of the yellow pages and like you said, the cold calling and things like that. And you hit something very critical, the patience and persistence. And today's world, because we have such technology and you see people on social media who quote unquote have made it, everyone thinks that success is easy and that it's quick. So what is your advice to people? I mean, because, I mean, you really, you really did it the the hard way. You, <laughs> you know, you were picking up the phone. I'm pretty sure you probably printed flyers, yeah. um, things like that. And how are you, how are you operating today? Now, I don't know if you've maintained the same clients. How has the t- evolution of technology has it changed the way you do business
1: oh yeah and you know like you said i think earlier it's always evolving it's always changing um you know you don't want to um you know have the attitude that I'm, I'm going to learn something and then um it's it's going to stay static um you know six months later they're they you know chances are they're going to uh uh, you know, change up their website or add more information or, or their, you know, change the whole look. And then, so you're always having to adapt and, and learn. Um, so, but basically we still, um, approach our prospects, uh, the same way is we know who they are. We, we contact them, um, send them information. Of course, the longer you're in this business or any business, uh, the easier it becomes because, it's far easier to sell an existing customer than it is to develop a new one. So, you know, we get quite a few referrals. We get quite a few of our existing customers contacting us because they're happy with our service and the additional value that we provide. And uh, they ask us to, um, you know, take on more of their, their properties. Um, but um, also you need to be where your clients are, 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 are or, or, or are going to look for you. So, you know, um, you know, when I first started out, obviously there wasn't a, a such thing as a website, but, uh, you know, you, you would have brochures and things like that. And and a lot of that stuff now is basically online and in, in, in the form of your own website. Um, so, you know, we're there, but we also have to be on uh, LinkedIn, for example, because a lot of our prospects or, or even our existing customers have profiles on LinkedIn. And it's a great way to generate additional business, um, you know, right you know, from there. Um, but I tell a lot of people that are are starting out before you even you know develop a, your own website and put the money into it. Uh, you know, reach for the low hanging fruit, and, and a good example of that is uh, is claiming your free Google My Business listing. Um, all the search engines have a, um, you know something similar to that, but you know it doesn't cost you anything. You set up your profile, and then that way, um, if, when you're starting out in this business or any any business. Um, it, then, if someone is trying to do a, a search for for your product or service, they're going to be able to find you based on the profile you have set up with Google, for example.
0: Wow, good tip, good tip. Now, I like to always ask people, "How was your journey?" So, tell me about some of your successes and some of your failures from because I'm pretty sure you've you've had a lot from 1981 to present day. You know, I'm pretty sure it wasn't all just oh, this is great. You know, tell us about the journey.
1: Oh, okay. Well, like I say, when I first started it, um, I had nothing to lose. I thought, well, you know, I, all I'm looking for is just to get that first contract, that first building. And, uh, you know, I was lucky to, to start off with three. And that's where everything started, uh, the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, I learned... Um, you know, how to walk the property in order to service it the best. And, you know, the the service really is almost as easy to do as going for a walk. Um, You know, we we maintain the properties litter-free. We don't go in and clean clean up an accumulation of material. And so, um, you know, I learned which tools work the best, uh, what time of day it was best to service the property. Uh, uh, Again, you know, um, you have to uh, do more than what you promise or say you 'll do in the contract you provide that extra value and and your your uh, your clients really appreciate that and they 're more likely w- wanting to continue to to do business with you for for, for one of those reasons and but i 'll give you an example i mean when we 're you know walking around the sidewalks and the parking lot and the surrounding landscape and you know uh, and cleaning up the litter material, if we happen to notice some property damage, maybe a stop sign has been run down or there 's some the, you know, the wall has been uh, freshly tagged with graffiti or some lights have burnt out. Uh, you know, we make a point to uh, bring that those matters to our, our customers' attention, uh, you know, as soon as possible the, the following morning. And that way we're an extra set of eyes for them and they they know that we're at their properties and we're showing ownership and, and uh, we're doing more than what we simply say that we'll do. And, um, you know, they really appreciate that. And, and like I say, it, it helps us keep open the the channels of communication as opposed to just getting the contract and showing up and doing the work and, and never, you know, contacting or, or dealing, you know, or communicating with our, with our, with our clients. And, And if you don't do that, you don't really develop that relationship and that trust.
0: Oh, so good. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize the relationship, the trust and you, I mean, you just spoke a million dollars with the added value because, as you were saying, when you're out walking a property and you see something that doesn't even, it's not even in your scope of business, but still you make note of it and you tell your client that, hey, you know what, someone, you know, spray painted a wall, that's added value because they may not have known it, you know, because there's a lot of companies that. You know, I'll see it and they'll be like, well, that's not my problem. I'm just here to, you know, trim the trees and whatever. Um, So that is really adding value to your client, which helps you maintain that client. And like you said, referrals, word of mouth goes a long way and, and is actually more valuable than a Facebook ad.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and because of that, uh, and it's very simple to do it's, it's not rocket science. Uh, um, you know, we, we've had some customers, um, for over 30 years. Um, you know, I, we, you know, been in business since 1981 and, and, you know, with some of these clients, um, you know, it's almost from day one. And, uh, we typically have a lot of our, uh, our clients that, uh, have been with us, you know, for 15, 20 years. And, um, and, you know, because they, you know, they, uh, they understand what they get from us, and, and uh, um, you know, we're owner-operators. So it's a, a simple service that's been very, and the business model that we've developed has been very successful. And uh, as I mentioned before, we've scaled it to, to the point where, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, giving – back, you know, uh, you know, when I started out, I didn't have a mentor that could, you know, show me the ropes and, and say, you know, Brian, you know, here's a great business opportunity and here's how to do it. So, um, I've written a book called clean lots, America's simplest business, and I make that available on my website, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to later, but I, I, I offer, I provide free support to anyone who buys the book and wants to, to start a similar service. Uh, such as mine in, in your or in their own city. And, um, um, you know, just, I just, I, I, really get a kick out of helping people, uh, become successful and let's face it, you know, this business isn't for everyone, but, um, if someone is in the same situation I was, you know, uh, not much of an education, not a lot of skills, uh, not a lot of money in the bank. Uh, and, you know, you know, some people need a, a side gig or a side hustle to pay off debt or, you know, put the kids through college or whatever. Uh, it really is a great, great little opportunity.
0: It, it sounds like it. And I, I'm glad you, you mentioned the book, but I was going to ask, do you do any mentoring or coaching? Because you have a wealth of of knowledge and experience. Do you take anybody under your wing, aside from um, the people who just may purchase your book, do you take any, um, go into your community and maybe take young entrepreneurs under your wing and help them along?
1: Um, well, I, you know, prior to what I'm doing now, um, you know, I coached minor hockey for 12 years. Uh, I was a goalie coach because I, I, I played goal at a fairly high level when I was when I was young and I really enjoyed coaching and uh, you know showing them the ropes uh, you know not just the drills but you know uh, the mental part or the aspects of of the game and you know the attitude that you what you have to bring to the game uh, you know and and to each practice and I really appreciated I really enjoyed doing that for the time I I did it because both my boys were in, in minor hockey as well so uh, I typically coach both their teams and helped out, you know, run some goalie camps and and uh, um, you know skill assessments, et cetera. Uh, but then, you know, once they grew out of hockey, uh, I uh, you know kind of focused a bit more of my attention to uh, to, to you know marketing of my book. And and uh, you know, I'll be honest, not everyone reaches out to me, but those people that do, and uh, you know, and they you know reach out a, a few times, um, um, I'm more than happy to to spend as much time with a person. Uh, so that they can understand the business and understand the concepts, and you know once they do they're 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 pretty successful and you know a lot of a lot of those people wind up uh being uh, uh testimonies or testimonials on my website
0: so in your book so is your is your company a franchise
1: no no it's just um uh it's just uh, the people are buying uh, my experience in the form of a book or an operations okay. manual. So it's almost like a, a franchise, except you don't have to pay the royalty fees and the you know, the franchise fees and everything like that. Um, you know, you, you take what worked for me and it's your business and you run it the way you want to. And every penny you make is yours.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So your book now, the principles in your book, are they, will they apply only to someone doing something similar or will they apply to people in other industries
1: um well it's pretty focused towards this um this type of business but but the philosophy where you know you should enjoy doing what you're doing you know bring be passionate pay, patient um, uh patient and and persistent um it, you know those principles work pretty much for any type of business opportunity that you want to get into or, or that you're looking for. Um, And then, you know, I have a, a mantra too. I mean, you know, if you work the business, the business will work for you. And, and, okay. and, and so that's like anything that you get involved in um, you know, it will only work so long as you work at it. But as, as, as soon as you decide, you know, it's not for me and I, I'm not going to do anything today or I don't feel like doing anything today. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And, you know, you're, you procrastinate. Well, you know, uh, you learn pretty quickly as a solopreneur, uh, you know, when you're working for yourself, if, uh, nothing happens, if, if you don't make it happen.
0: <laughs> That's the truth. Um, how many employees do you have now?
1: Oh, we've got a crew of about, uh, uh, about 10 or 12 people, uh, that, uh, are out, you know, cleaning up litter from, from commercial properties and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of our people have been with us for quite a few years too. We don't typically have a problem with the employee retention or, you know, people coming and going and, you know, they think, oh, you know, I'll do this for a while, but I'm looking for a better opportunity because I think the the, the people that we recruit, um, you know, a lot of them have been, you know, friends or coworkers or, or relatives and uh, um, they enjoy doing the work. It's, it's easy Work in the early morning hours before uh, you, you know that you go to work. If that's the case, if you're just doing this part time, but uh, um, there's not much to it. You just basically need to go out and do it and show up and and uh, you know be those extra set of eyes. And uh, um, it, it it's a pretty simple service to perform.
0: Yeah, and that, and I can imagine you you probably don't have much overhead. I'm pretty sure you have um, trucks and and equipment, but as far as like a Having buildings, I'm pretty sure you don't need to have multiple yeah. buildings. And well, you're,
1: like that. you're 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 correct. I mean, this business can easily be uh, or, you know run uh, home based, and, and uh, the tools that we use are are uh, unique, but they're simple hand tools. Uh, no power equipment. Uh, you know, we, we don't need uh, power sweepers or or. Uh, any expensive uh, equipment like that, or, or the space to to store it or maintain it, it uh, um, you know, uh, simple hand tools, uh, and we walk the property and and uh, on a regular basis, in some cases daily, and uh, um you know, it, it's it's uh, it's not it's not difficult.
0: <laughs> wow, I do have to say it is a simple business, but you have you have turned something simple and, like I said, much needed because every. Business wants to present themselves well, so they don't want the, the litter in their parking lots or on their walkways and things like that. So it's a much needed service. And not many people think of things like that because, you know, they're looking for the big thing, the glamour thing, the thing that's going to cause them to get, you know, fame and notoriety. But this is something that is needed. And, you know, you've turned it into a, a mega business here.
1: Yeah. Well, you're, you're right. Most people don't think of this. Uh, and I think one of the reasons is they don't see it being performed. Um, you know, they just show up at a property during normal business hours when they're shopping and, and they expect to see a clean property. Or in some cases, maybe they see a property that isn't very well maintained. But, uh, um, you know, like I say, this service is after hours. Um, it needs to be performed before the business is open. Um, so you can clearly see and, and clean all material. and um, um yeah it's um um it's it's worked out very well for
0: us. Wow. So Brian, I mean I I'm just totally impressed with this because like I said it's something and you're right because you don't see it happening you would never think about it. But I mean the fact that you've had a business I mean there do you there's people who have you know multi-figure businesses that haven't been in business as long as you have.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, the one thing too is litter, unfortunately, <laughs> no, not for us because I mean, it's provided a great lifestyle, but people always litter. I, you know, we've been doing this for decades and, you know, uh, unfortunately attitudes, people's attitudes have not changed over the, the, um, you know, the 30 some years that we've been cleaning parking lots. People still find it completely acceptable to toss their wrappers, their cups, their cans, uh, their cigarette butts, uh, you know, to the ground uh, with the attitude perhaps that, you know, somebody else is going to clean it up, which is, which is accurate. But um, you know, uh, when we were younger, we would sometimes just get upset with sometimes we'd show up and, you know, we're, we're cleaning outside a bar, uh, which we were there the day before. And the, the day before that, and, and literally hundreds of cigarette butts, uh, you know, in front of the, the, on the sidewalk or in the, you know, the first few parking stalls. But, you know, after a while, you know, we, we just learned, you know, th- those people are putting money in our pockets. And, <laughs> and you know, we've survived a number of recessions. And, you know, now we're in this midst of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and I don't know about you, but uh, all of a sudden we noticed uh, two or three months ago, when we're showing up at our properties, all of a sudden we're seeing all of these latex gloves and these masks and mm. these wipes that people are discarding to the ground just as they would their coffee cups, empty coffee cups and their burger wrappers. And so it's just a, a, another reminder how important our service is for the, the sanitation, safety, and security of our customers' properties.
0: Wow, yes, yes. and And it's just amazing to me the things that people do in, you know, it's funny because where I live, I live in a master plan community and I'll go out early in the morning and walk my dog and I'll see like where someone went and got McDonald's and they just threw their whole McDonald bag, you know, to the ground and cups and things like that. And I'm going, okay, is this someone who lives here or is this someone who visited here? Because I'm thinking if you live here and you pay to live here, why would you do that? But you know, People, people do the things they do, you know, who knows why, but it's just, it's amazing to me. And like you said, you know, why do you think that it's okay to just chuck something out of a window or just leave it on the street?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and we see it all the time and it's not just young people. It's the people of every generation where, you know, they, you know, you could be out shopping, um, you know, during the day, um, you know, you're just getting in or out of your car or maybe you're waiting in the car to go into an appointment and, and you, in and, and something catches your eye. You see somebody in their vehicle, open their door and, uh, and then out they toss the, you know, the, the trash from their vehicle, like the burger wrappers or whatever. And, and uh, it, you know, like I say, it's, it's from all age groups. It's not just any particular demographic, um, you know, so, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, I, Like I say, uh, you know, um, you know, there's where there's uh, uh, an opportunity, (laughs) you know, uh, you just uh, you you make the most of it. And and it may not be the most glamorous, but, uh, you know, it certainly can provide a a really nice lifestyle to you if you're willing to do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. so we've gotten in the the meat of the interview. So I'm going to go into the questions because. You have interested me so much that I am—I'm really curious and interested how you're going to answer these questions. So, are you ready?
1: I'll—I'll I'll do my best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Number one, who or what motivates you?
1: Um, I enjoy getting up every day. It's—it's uh, it's, every day is a bit different than the other. Uh, I always like to move forward. Uh, every day is a new adventure. And, um, uh, I, I enjoy doing what I, what I do. I, I don't, you know, uh, have the attitude that I hate my job and I don't want to get out of bed. Um, I actually look forward to, to getting up and going to work.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's great. What demotivates you?
1: Oh, um, you know, negative people, you know, people that will trash you. Maybe they don't even necessarily know you, but, Maybe they uh, um, they're envious of your success, and uh, you know they'll trash you on social media, and you know, and uh, you know it's clear they don't know what they're talking about because they'll pull up all sorts of information that isn't accurate, or or um, you know, or or just generally, I mean, you know, people you may encounter, and you maybe you're sharing a, a good idea, you know, for a, for another serve, and someone will automatically, uh, you know, diss you and say, Oh, that'll never work. Or, you know, and, you know, I think that's because maybe they can't make it work and, and, uh, they don't want to see you have success. So (laughs) I, you know, I, I just uh, typically try to stay away from those people.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked out for your good?
1: Oh, that, that is a good question. Um, Oh, well, you know, You know, back when, oh, early, early, um, early, uh, probably when I was about 20 or 21, just before I started my business, um, I remember having a conversation with a, a friend who, well, he was a friend at the time. And I started sharing some of this idea that, you know, I'd, I'd like to be self-employed. And at the time, I really didn't know what exactly I, I would be doing. But, you know, I, I was kind of sharing with him my dreams. You know, I'd like to work for myself. And, you know, this is what I envisioned. And he listened. And then he said, well, you know, I wouldn't waste your time because you'll, you'll never make it. And I was shocked uh, that he would say that, you know, uh, you know, it just kind of blew me away, but, um, but, you know, I use that, uh, as motivation.
0: Wow. What is your fear?
1: Um, well, fear, um, well, I can, you know, in, in, in some regards failure, because, um, I, I've learned that, you know, if you don't know how to do something, and you, you know, you, you can't learn everything. You can't do everything. I mean, uh, as a business person, you learn that you know, uh, you know, you want to have a pretty good knowledge of uh, of a lot of subjects. But you know, some things you're naturally, you know, going to probably try to get somebody to to do that task for you you can outsource the work or whatever, but, but uh, you know, I, um, I, I just don't want to, you know, to fail, um, you know, to, to, uh, um, to say, well, I tried, but I, I couldn't make it work. Uh, I'm uh, as an entrepreneur. I think you always have to find a way to make things work, um, you know, uh, and and never give up. And so I, I, I can honestly say I, I'm not one to ever give up. So, um, but yeah, I always try to find to, turn failures into successes and, and learn from those failures.
0: Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't?
1: Um, yeah. Um, um, you know, I, I wish I had done better in school <laughs> in high school and maybe, uh, spent more time doing my homework and, uh, you know, with my studies as opposed to, you know, you know, uh, going out playing hockey and, and uh, just just doing what I, the minimum just to get by in school. Um, you know, I I guess I never really knew what I was working towards in school. Like, you know, a lot of students or high school students, they would think, you know, I, I want to be a lawyer. So in order to get into law school or medical school, I need certain grades. I need, you know, et cetera. So there, you had those goals to shoot for. Whereas, uh, you know, I I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like, I guess a lot of kids. And so it was easy for me just to kind of, you know, get by and, uh, you know, and then so then when I was um, when I did graduate and uh, I was kind of stuck in that full time job and looking for opportunities, uh, I guess I kind of felt kind of limited in what my options were as a result of that.
0: Mm. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something?
1: Yeah. Um you know, it's another lesson I learned in business that you, know, you have to learn how to say no. And uh, we were quite successful and, and word was getting out about, uh, you know, you you contact uh, the Winch Brothers for uh, clean parking lots. If you don't want litter on your, your parking lots, contact the, the Winch Brothers. But, you know, then all of a sudden we had a, a couple of clients ask us, hey, you know, can you, I've just got a narrow strip of grass outside my building. You know, can you cut the grass for me? And can you shovel <laughs> some snow for me? And we didn't know how to say no, and you know, we had the fear that we could lose their business, so we said yes. And uh, after a while, of uh, you know, two or three years of doing that, we we decided, you know, we weren't happy doing those extra services, so we decided, um, you know, we were gonna approach some of our customers and say, you know what, we we're dropping out of those services and we had the fear that we were going to lose everything. And that wasn't the case. Uh, they said, you know what, uh, that's all right. We'll find somebody else, uh, for the, you know, the the landscaping, the snow removal, uh, but you know, we want to keep you guys on doing letter. And so it was, uh, it was a lesson, uh, learned and, uh, never forgotten. Mm.
0: What is your definition definition of success?
1: Um, well, um, you know, I enjoy working for myself, uh, the independence, um, um you know, being healthy, you know, I mean, you, uh, if you don't have your health, uh, you have nothing, um, you obviously can't do a business or work a business if you don't, if you're not healthy, but, um, but, um, uh, you know, being satisfied with, with, with what you have, uh, and what you've built, uh, and what you've achieved.
0: Mm. How do you recharge?
1: Get good sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be difficult because you know, we've got some strange hours, but uh, over the course of the decades, I've learned how to to have some cat naps here and get get some sleep in there and make up for it on the weekends, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, it's important. You have to take care of your body. And you have to you know, get that sleep; um, otherwise, you know you're not going to be able to perform uh, at uh, at your best.
0: What are you awesome at?
1: What am I awesome at? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, I'd like to think I'm a great father, but uh, that's up to my two boys to decide. Um, I, I, I think I'm awesome at doing this business, providing a valuable service to my community, and then sharing it with others and giving back in, in the way I do with my free support.
0: Hmm. What legacy do you want to leave?
1: Oh, um, that I never gave up. I, I never quit. I always did the best that I could.
0: Wow. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway.
1: Um, well, um, hmm, that's a good one. Um, well, like I said, I said earlier, I guess, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you're passionate, um, you know, and patient and persistent, um, you'll be successful at, at whatever you try. Uh, but make sure that, you know, you do it for the right reasons. Don't chase the money. Um, you know, find your passion and be patient and be persistent.
0: So, Brian, tell the listeners how they can connect with you. If we have someone out in Canada that needs your services or just someone who wants to purchase your book, um, tell them how they can get in touch with you.
1: Well, my website is cleanlots.com. And um, actually, it is geared to the U.S. audience. Um, It's worked very well. Um, You know, this business model works obviously on both sides of the border. But if you go to cleanlots.com, all the information is there. There's a brief video on my homepage that shows me providing the service. And like I said, it it, uh, literally is almost as easy as going for a walk, and you'll be able to see that in the video. And, um, you know, uh, frequently asked questions. Uh, There's my uh, media page where uh, it shows all the publicity, the various magazines and media that has covered uh, my business and uh, the testimonials, and of course, my contact page. If you have uh, more information or, or sorry, more questions, you uh, you can reach out to me, and I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, to get back to you and, and and help you out.
0: Oh, great! Well, Brian, I thank you for coming on and just sharing your amazing story. I mean, I am very impressed. I am in awe that since 19. 81, you haven't been in business successfully because not many businesses can sustain that long. So, um, you know, you have done it. You're very impressive. So I I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to be on Trina Talk.
1: Well, thank you, Trina. And I I for the opportunity to to, uh, to share this.
0: If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving, because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share.